0: Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby empty calorie bread products into fluffy delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger, but now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So, switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2 gram net carb herb croissant or the 1 gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o oco Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I would like to start this week's episode off by just taking a really deep breath. Maybe you would like to join me. So let's go ahead and just take a full inhale in through the nose. And then open the mouth and let it out. Oh, just this simple act of breathing in and out. It's such a a life changer, moment changer. Holy, holy moly. Isn't it interesting how as soon as we get stressed or when life starts to move really quickly... We can always see how that reflects in the breath and the breath gets really short and really tight and it becomes this sort of, you know, negative cycle of feeling stressed and then we forget to breathe and then we forget to breathe and we feel more stressed and round and round it goes. And it's so easy to, to stop. It's so easy to come back here and now. It's just that one full, big, conscious, mindful inhale and the releasing of the exhale. It can just really change oh, everything, everything, everything. Imagine if we could breathe that consciously, that mindfully. All the time, every moment of the day (laughs) So welcome to From the Heart I kind of, I almost said welcome back to From the Heart Like we've had sort of an intermission The feeling I have is as if I have had (laughs) I've had an intermission from my life (laughs) For the past couple of weeks and the the feeling I have is that I've been moving at a really high pace and I've been kind of going from place to place and I felt really the opposite of grounded. Um, yeah, I, I guess sort of not stressed. I don't want to, use, it's not, it's not the word stress. Stress for me is very related to, um, to accomplishing things or maybe the feeling of not being able to keep up getting things done. So for me, stress is very, very work related. But this, this feeling that I have is just the opposite of feeling grounded, which um I guess uprooted is I said is that a good enough word I don't know. Oop uprooted I think it's the it's the word that would that that describes my past couple of weeks the most. Um we've had an amazing time. Oh my god, we've had an amazing 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 time. Uh the past few weeks. So we've been traveling. We've been traveling for a month now. The past couple of weeks we've spent in, in France, uh, last week's podcast, I spoke about my crazy trip from south of France to LA over a weekend, um, so I did that, and then we've been in France for yeah two and a half, a little something like that, two and a half weeks uh, for our best friend's wedding, and it's amazing to say our best friend's, because it's my best friend since childhood, and Dennis' best friend since childhood, who found each other and got married, and it's just, it was absolutely unbelievably beautiful, so amazing. Um, So I'm going to share a little bit about the wedding and kind of what's been going on in my life the past week, but this feeling of of being uprooted and as i speak it i'm i'm right now i'm looking at a tree that's in my living room <laughs> so i'm in sweden i'm back in our apartment we haven't been here since we were here in august it's been it's been a long time it's been yeah half a year since we were here and since we've been gone my mom has kind of put a whole bunch of plants she she i don't know she she did a lot of really beautiful things with this apartment but i'm looking at a tree right now that's standing in the corner And the word uprooted, just this feeling of having a tree, you know, kind of yanked that by the trunk. So the roots are pulled up out of the earth. uh, That's the feeling that I'm sort of sitting with right now or that I've been sitting with right now. And it's been a really challenging thing. So in the midst of all this amazing stuff that's been going on. So this wedding, holy moly. I can't even, I don't even know. Like I I wanted Olivia to be on the podcast to share with me. Maybe, you know, the coming weeks she'll have time. But I mean, she's a newlywed. They're still in France with the whole family. But this wedding, it was over three days and 100 people came. And it was, you know, half of the guests at least, I think more. Yeah, half, half were from Aruba. So they flew across the whole world. The rest were mostly Swedish and French. And people came in from all over the place. So at mine and Dennis's wedding, oh my God. God, the amount of wild craziness that took place there, that dancing, the drinking, the holy moly, it was totally insane. (laughs) And at that time, I mean, it was four years ago, let me not fork this up. I was 25. uh, Dennis was 27. And we were the first out of our group of friends to get married. So People had never really traveled before. It was a wedding overseas. We had people from twelve countries, and we were all kind of young. It was that place. Um, I don't know. Like now, in our group of friends, there's definitely a baby wave happening and a wedding wave. Uh, we have so many weddings this year. There's a lot of babies all over. And that time, there was none. I mean, no, no, no one. No one we knew really had had kids, and people hadn't gotten married yet. So there were two children, I think, only at the wedding, and they were older. So we didn't really have any babies. And we also had a three-day wedding. It was outside of Stockholm. And the day before the main day, we had planned... And Olivia and Patrick had sort of the same setup. So the day before the main day, this was the Friday, we had planned this kind of summer barbecue with grilled vegetables. And we were drinking strawberry caipirinhas. It was like this super nice, really beautiful evening. And we had planned for everyone just to be in the courtyard of this place, this castle where we got married and have a drink and toast and say welcome to everyone and just eat really amazing food. And we would all kind of, you know, be done around nine and go to bed and then be ready (laughs) for the big day, which was the next day. That did not happen. So I remember at like, I don't know, 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., the dancing that was happening outside was just so insane and out of this world <laughs> that the castle people complain. Okay, so when I say castle, it sounds super fancy. Like I'm like, we're this, like a prince and a princess getting married in a castle. There are castles all over Sweden. I mean, this is a monarchy, so it's just everywhere. And most of them have been kind of transformed to like spa centers or conference centers or hotels. So you can easily have a party or a wedding or, or anything at a, at a castle without it being too insane but yeah it was also sort of insane but we got so rowdy on the first day outside really early that the castle people the staff had to ask us to move everything inside because the neighbors were complaining and it, I mean this was like a castle so it wasn't like there was a neighbor next door the, the closest neighbor were miles away but we had to move the whole sound system inside because it was so crazy And then inside, it got even more insane. And I think it was like two or three in the morning. I mean the morning (laughs) and then this was the night before our wedding Um, there's a picture of Dennis he's like on a pool table and his shirt is open and there's like three or four of my best friends standing over him on the pool table like pouring champagne or something insane down his throat with a whole crowd of guys behind like cheering them on you know it was like I think he did a body shot off of my body at some point like this was the day before it wasn't even the main party this was supposed to be the mellow little barbecue (laughs) it was so crazy like we couldn't get anybody to go to bed and that party was so insane so the next day um you know which was supposed to be the main day this this sort of set the stage for that so for our wedding weekend everyone kind of talks about it as like wow that was the craziest party of all time holy shit and it lasted like a week it was totally insane and this one you know now we're all older i mean it's been four or five years but or four years, but so much has happened since then. So if, you know, then it was kind of the time where people were sort of getting together and maybe they just started dating the person that they're now having kids with. There's definitely been a lot of changes in the constellation within our group of friends. And there were so many babies at Olivia and Patrick's wedding. I mean, it was so so different so the thought of like the day before the wedding being rowdy and crazy and getting drunk like that wasn't really a thing you know people were really modest and and kind of quiet which was awesome like it was so 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 perfect for the vibe for this whole wedding it was Oh, it was really, it was really everything <laughs> we could have ever wished it to be. But it was interesting to see how everybody has kind of changed throughout these years. Um, because at our wedding, I think the the theme was sort of like, how crazy can we get at, to celebrate this union? And for this weekend, it was more like, you know, how can we all just unite and kind of share with a glass of wine and hug and talk? And, and everybody's sharing, you know, advice and things about babies and marriage. And it was definitely very, very, very different. I really appreciate it. So the first night with Olivia and Patrick, now it was pretty quiet and they had sort of like a standing dinner where people were or at this really beautiful place outside where they were serving uh, food. It was sort of like how you would serve appetizers or hors d'oeuvres, but it was dinner. So it was a standing dinner outside and then the second day was oh i can't wait i actually i can also i can already now kind of show some photos i think through through social media but the way the wedding and the actual ceremony was set up and the place it was set up oh it was a dream it was a dream it was a dream i spent the entire ceremony crying so hard i had to like close my mouth so I wouldn't choke on my tears and make a scene because I just couldn't stop crying it was so beautiful it was so unbelievably beautiful and Looney was there Lea Luna was there with my mom and she was running around. So they were kind of in the background a little bit. And there was one point during the ceremony where she saw Dennis and she was like, Papa, Papa. And she's pointing at Dennis and she tries to run up to him to like hug him. But, you know, we were all both in the wedding party, both me and Dennis on either sides of the of the couple. So like that wasn't, you know. And I was just seeing her there while our best friends getting married. I mean, it was so beautiful. Oh, so absolutely amazing. And the vows they shared. Oh oh god they should have been like i don't know they should have been like a little i'm really you know some things are truly best kept just for for ourselves (laughs) spoken from someone who shares absolutely everything including there's a my my wedding video pieces of it is on youtube (laughs) i'm like the most public person of, of all time but um this ceremony was just it was oh my god gorgeous and they were holding little hunter their little baby boy I'm going to cry just thinking, I literally just got goosebumps just thinking about this union of love and how amazing it was. Um, And then there was a big, of course, like a big reception and a dinner and everything at night. Uh, And I had a speech that I was agonizing over because it's kind of a, uh, yeah, I prepared kind of a big speech and it was also really emotional and I didn't want to again, you know, break down and, and cry like I did at the ceremony and I managed to keep it together pretty well. And somehow we we didn't stay that late. It wasn't that crazy of a party. It was more just really beautiful and really sacred and and perfect. And then, you know, I actually felt awesome the next day. And I wasn't, I wasn't even, you know, a little bit not sober (laughs) the whole weekend, which is kind of crazy for me and weddings because I really like to dance and party when I have the chance to. But it was so beautiful. But one of the things that have been, you know, really challenging throughout all of this is this feeling of being uprooted. And (laughs) I I don't know. I've been really sitting with trying to figure out where does this come from? And I know I'm not alone when it comes to becoming a mother and kind of entering this new phase in life because, of course, it's totally different. And many people have written me and said, oh, you know, I used to love traveling. I used to love going from place to place and I'd be a total world explorer and backpack and and then I had a baby and no, I don't even feel like it anymore. So it's sort of like there's this little bit of a personality shift. And I've been wondering, like, is this really true or is it just a transitional time where right now it is really challenging to travel with a child and it will pass because it's not just this, you know, yeah, traveling with a baby sucks, (laughs) traveling with a baby who won't sleep while she travels sucks. But aside from that, that getting from point A to point B, uh, I feel totally different about not being home. I can't even... (laughs) I can't even explain it. I don't know. And I think that maybe this is more than just a transitional time where right now I don't, you know, love going from place to place, but I I actually feel like I have changed. I don't know. And I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant about it actually, because, okay, looking at my husband, so we were in France and we stayed in five, I can't remember if it's five or six different places. So that's also kind of crazy. And we had this arrangement for different reasons. So My mom was staying in one place with the baby and that place did not allow dogs. So Ringo couldn't stay there. So it wasn't like we didn't prepare. It was all kind of crazy and last minute. Um, And then my sisters came last minute. It also, also wasn't part of the plan. So we had to kind of get a bigger place, but it still couldn't hold us because Ringo couldn't stay there. So we were somewhere else. And then we were staying with Olivia and Patrick for a little while. And then we went somewhere else. And then when the wedding started, there was a groomsman house and a bridesmaid house. So the first night, Olivia and I shared uh, shared a room in the bridesmaid's house and Dennis and Patrick shared a room in the groomsman's house. And then after the ceremony, when they were married, they went off to like a nice hotel for their wedding night. And then Dennis moved and he came to where I was staying. And and then after that, we had to find another place this day because we only had that house for two days. So we've been, you know, this kind of hopping around from place to place, which normally I wouldn't even think twice about. Like I... Normally, you know, I love exploring new places, and even if I'm in one city or in one place, you know, exploring different hotels or different Airbnbs, different places to stay, different parts of the city or parts of the place, I really like that. (laughs) I like moving around. I, I, you know, I normally get really bored if I'm in one place for too long, so I would never have complained about this or, you know, even thought it was a challenge otherwise. And because the baby was with my mom, it wasn't even so much, you know, we had to like move the baby around. The baby slept in the same place, uh, pretty much. She had two two places she slept throughout this whole trip in France. So it wasn't about that. It was really me. And it was really me. I, I wasn't feeling good, uh, you know, sort of like not having a space to unpack and settle in, I guess is the word. This feeling of like, okay, now I'm here. And then the next day, like, oh, we're going somewhere else. So I think that's where that feeling of uprootedness comes from. And I'm really wondering <laughs> if it's sort of, you know, part of maturing a little bit, maybe I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's evolution and not a regression, I don't know. Um, and if it's something that I should just really embrace and go with and just kind of, you know, melt into and just accept like, yeah, this is kind of a person that I am right now. Or is it just this transitional thing and it's going to just pass and actually I need to just, you know, get a little bit better at maybe letting go of control and just going with the flow of where I am. You know, I, I honestly can't decide. So I feel like I've been faced with a sort of personality <laughs> personality change that I don't know what to do with because I also really love this um, this version of Rachel that travels the world, that's totally carefree, that doesn't really care about anything and can go from place to place. Like, I love that version of myself. <laughs> can I keep her a little while longer? Like, please, please, can I... But I honestly think that it's just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of kidding myself because this uprooted feeling, it's, it's so hard. Like it's really, really, really so hard. And I find myself every time, like I'm repacking a bag, going someplace else, unpacking a bag or like making a mess because I can't really unpack. So I'm just pulling things out of my suitcase. It has this feeling like I'm always catching up a little bit like my body is in one place but my my soul or my heart kind of stays behind for a second like I have a hard time catching up so the feeling is like I'm really split between all these different places and that feeling isn't a nice feeling at all and it makes it much harder for me to be really present to really be in my body thus this need to to kind of sit down at the beginning of this podcast and just take a really deep breath because now I feel like I've arrived somewhere now i mean i'm back in our apartment in sweden this is a place it's it's home away from home you know i know my way around here this is our place i grew up here like the school i went to um not high school what's the what's the school before high school um in swedish we call it Mellanstadiet. <laughs> i think it's junior high is that that's the word i'm looking for uh is literally across the street from where our little apartment is in, in stockholm you know this is really my my part of town so the moment we came here, I'm like, okay, you know, I can just land here. And also the knowing that, yeah, I can just kind of unpack and roll my yoga mat out and leave it on the floor because I'm going to come back to it in the same place. I'm not going to roll it back up and then go somewhere else. Um, that feeling is is really, really good and really yeah, settling, I guess, is the feeling. So I'm looking at this tree right now and like, I don't wanna, I don't want anyone to pick me up off the ground and like uproot me again. And the strange part about this is that, the one who was always sort of the homebody was Dennis, and the one who loved to travel everywhere was me. And now their roles have completely changed. So, even in France, as we went from place to place, he's just so, so loving it all the time. He's like, let's pack our stuff and let's unpack our stuff. And he's just so happy. And I'm like, kind of grumpy, like, oh, like another place, let's go, let's move. And he's just so easygoing and he loves it so, 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 so much. He's even saying like, hey, like I can travel, like I could go like around Europe and backpack with the baby alone and you know, you don't have to come. It's okay. You can stay in Sweden or you can stay in Aruba and then just, I'll just go explore with her. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> how did it get so reversed and so changed? Because he's truly enjoyed all of this moving around and all of this going from place to place. And I just, I've had a, quite a hard time with it. So it's 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 kind of interesting where this has where this has put us right now. You are listening to From the Heart: Conversations with Yoga Girl. Being vegan while traveling, I need to make sure my diet gives me all the essential nutrients my body actually needs. But sometimes that can be hard, so that's why I rely on one daily multivitamin as an extra insurance policy. There's one brand I trust for its simplicity, traceability, and effectiveness, and it's called Ritual. I take Ritual on the daily and I'm committed to it long term because I know Ritual is fully committed to my health. This vitamin includes the 9 essential nutrients that women lack the most, which includes iron, magnesium, folate, omega-3, and vitamins D and B12, with no added ingredients. It's sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free, and most importantly for me, 100% vegan. On top of that, Ritual knows that creating the perfect vitamin is more than just combining good ingredients, it's working with companies that are as committed to health as they are. That's why you can find detailed information about each and every ingredient on their website, the manufacturer, the dosage, form, where it's sourced, and why each ingredient is beneficial. At Ritual, true transparency isn't just something printed on a label, because you deserve to know exactly what you're getting, why it's there, and where it's coming from. To make sure there are no gaps in your nutrient levels, Ritual is subscription-based. For only $30 a month, Ritual is delivered right to your door. If you forget a few days, no problem. You can snooze your order until you catch up or easily cancel at any time. Your happiness is guaranteed with no questions asked. So welcome to your new daily Ritual. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to reinvest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash yoga girl. Your future self will thank you for taking ritual. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body? Go to ritual.com slash yoga girl. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard, and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms you get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and the best part you can trust what you are putting in your body because ritual has the usp verified mark that means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label and only one percent of supplement brands are able to get this mark so it's a big deal Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. And actually how today I'm recording this, it is Wednesday... And on Friday, I have another bachelorette party. This one is in north of Sweden. It's in a... Uh, oh, crap. Can I talk about this already? <laughs> actually, yes, I can't because the podcast does not go live until 9 a.m. Sweden time. Okay, we're all good. Um, so actually, Friday, we ha- have another bachelor- bachelorette party. This one is in north of Sweden in Åre, which is a ski town. But right right now, there's no skiing. But with twenty girls and been planned a really long time, and you know everything is is ready, and I paid for it, and and all of that, and I'm kind of like not dreading it, but I'm feeling like ah. Can someone help me? Can someone help poor little me and all the amazing super fun stuff I have to do right now? And this is also the thing. Like of course I can just say no. You know what? I'm feeling a little bit ungrounded or uprooted right now. I just want to stay in one place and relax. Also the baby's sick. She's had a fever. This is day 4 of her fever. You know, if I don't Of course I don't have to go. Um but we'll we'll, we'll see where I we'll, I think I'll see how I feel on Friday because the part of me just wants to like I don't know. I want to be like a tree. I want to just set my feet on earth and root through the soles of my feet and not go anywhere. <laughs> is that allowed? We were walking. I mean, in Sweden right now, it's amazing. This weather here is absolutely unbelievable. It's like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. No, 85. It's it's super hot. It's summertime. Um, it, it's so gorgeous. It's like Sweden and it's in, in its best space ever. And we're walking around Stockholm. You know, everything is green and there's flowers everywhere. And then it's just like, oh my God, Sweden, this is so amazing. It's like, how can you, do you really miss home now that we're here? And with home, he means Aruba. I'm like, yeah, actually, like I love being here. It's beautiful, but I still miss home. He's like, but when we're in Aruba, you like, you, you always miss that. You don't have like cafes to go to everywhere or theaters or, you know, museums and like things to do. And I'm like, no, I don't. I never complain about that. What do you mean? He's like, don't you? I'm like, no, maybe like three years ago. But no, since we had the baby, I have not had any complaints about Aruba (laughs) Aruba at all, you know. And I really, I am kind of homesick right now, which I think is just a fact that I'm just going to have to swallow and settle on. But another thing that has been kind of a a topic of discussion within our family for a really, uh, really long time, or at least over the past two weeks, is Food, and I shared this on Instagram a couple days ago. Uh, the challenge that has been finding vegan food in this part of France, where we have been, and holy shit, it's been it's been I, I I don't even know. I was vegan for many years, but a few years ago, and that was really during my traveling time, and I was all over the place. I never, never, not once, had a hard time. Like I can't remember being really anywhere. Mm, even like when we went places like like i don't know i'm I'm trying to think like (laughs) u.s midwest or i don't know like i I can't remember ever like we went to montana that was fine texas totally fine because it depends maybe where and and, in what state you go of course a busier city will have more options as anywhere you know if i go to the countryside somewhere far out of sweden yeah it's going to be it's going to be more of a struggle there as well but this part of France, I have never had such a hard time staying vegan. I've never been so hungry (laughs) my entire, entire life. And I got a lot of questions about that. Like, how does it work when we're vegan and, you know, traveling and kind of, if I have any travel tips for people. And normally I would have really great travel tips and I wanted to share the good ones here, but my conclusion of this past trip is like, oh my God, like none of it actually really worked. So I also have some learnings and some takeaways that I want to share. And I'm kind of thinking now that I'm putting two and two together, this feeling of uprootedness and also, you know, not being like content food-wise. Uh, I'm not saying like I like I, like I was starving or, you know, anything like that, but um, you know, the feeling of like just craving some sort of food and not being able to fulfill that craving. Uh, that was sort of, what was going on for the past two weeks and not even not being able to fulfill that craving but it was kind of whatever was available no matter if it was kind of like not tasty or if it was a little bit gross or if it was not at all what I wanted or if it was the same thing every day like I just had to really settle for whatever was available or I was going to starve as as would the baby have and the baby was a little bit easier because uh, I packed a lot of stuff for her and also we were you know eating a lot of smoothies and kind of I went to LA I went to Whole Foods I packed a whole bag of baby food from, <laughs> from LA that I brought to France I didn't even think to buy like anything for myself just just baby stuff like uh, little puffs and, and crackers and kind of you know those little organic prepackaged uh, meals and, and stuff like that I got for her so in the end you know in the end we're totally okay but I think it was really a part of not feeling settled and grounded was this this food thing and I had a few people that were writing me from France. Some of them said, you know, oh, yeah, of course, you're going to have a hard time in that part of France. It's such a rural area. It's really quiet and quaint. And, you know, it's it's really not caught on over there at all. And it just is what it is. But some people got really upset and were like, oh, I can't believe you're making France look this this way. It's not at all the case. And, of course, you know, France is one of my favorite places. Like Mossanne, which is where Olivia is from in France we are going to go back for sure, for sure, for sure. We were like making little dreams about, oh, imagine when we're old and we'll retire, we can live here, we'll buy a house here and, you know, we'll have houses next to each other and like a little olive garden to 10. Like that would be the biggest dream of all time. Definitely love France, love South of France. It's one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. Dennis thinks actually that it's the most beautiful place of all time. He said he was trying to think of any other trip, any other travels we've done where he was more because it was his first time where he was more blown away by the beauty of a place and he couldn't think of anything. So yeah, we love friends. We're going to go back. However, being vegan in this part of the country is horrible, <laughs> not at all good. So if you're going there, if I've inspired a trip there, um, If we go again or when we go again, I'm definitely going to prepare a little bit more. Because part of the challenge here was, of course, going from place to place, not having one solid, you know, if we had a house with a big kitchen and we could cook every night, it would be super different, of course. Because there's markets, there's beautiful, like, little organic markets where you can get great fruits and vegetables. Really amazing. Asparagus and cauliflower and artichoke and things that they grow really close by. And and also figs. I just found out that figs are not vegan. Did you... Am I am I blowing your mind right now? Anyone vegan listening? Figs are not they're not even vegetarian apparently. I have to do more research before I like <laughs> I put my really my name to this, but so apparently for a fig to a fig flower to blossom. <laughs> Let's see if I'm getting this right. I think it is for a fig flower to blossom and for this flower to become the fruit. I think that's how it goes. Or for the seed to become the fruit or however it works. There is this very specific, quite large insect, like a moth-like insect that crawls into the seed and then dies. <laughs> and it's part of of course it's part of the circle of life. It grows into the seed or into the into the fruit or into the flower or whatever. Clearly I'm not no, you know, scientist here. But it crawls in there and then dies and that's what gives life for the fig to become a fig, I guess. So in the flowers or the plants or the seeds or whatever it is where the insect doesn't die but it flies away, then there's no fig, right? So for the fig to happen, this big bug has to die inside the fig and the fig grows around this big (laughs) so the fig you're eating i mean whether it's fresh or dried or whatever it's just a fig there is always going to be the remnants of this big dead bug in there (laughs) which is so insane and we had this big discussion over dinner because yeah we were googling it and apparently it's all true but you know it's like the circle of life yeah everything that dies will fertilize the ground that grows you know everything like that that's just how it works i've also been watching a lot of lion king lately with leia luna um the beginning of the movie you know the circle of life uh song it's like her favorite part if you haven't watched it in a while i suggest you go on youtube and you just watch the song <laughs> with the video i mean it's it's so good the whole movie oh my god it's so good um the part where like the baboon, you know, the medicine man guy. And he he uh, <laughs> he puts the juice of the fruit on top of baby Simba. And then puts a little bit of, I think, sand or dust over his face. It's such a beautiful ceremony. Oh my God. Everything is so beautiful about this movie. Uh, and then there's this moment where Simba sneezes. <laughs> Every time we watch that, Looney takes her pacifier out of her mouth. And she goes, <laughs> We're like, Achie! <laughs> and she sneezes with Simba. It's my favorite moment. Um, anyway, so of course, and you know, and in the beginning of the movie, it's like where Mufasa is telling Simba about the circle of life. And, and he says, you know, they watch over all life. And Simba asks, um, but we eat the antelope. How can we, you know, guard the antelope and take care of them when we also eat them? And he says, well, it's part of the circle of life. When the antelope dies, or when we die, when the lions die, we will become the grass that the antelope eats. And it's such a beautiful beautiful analogy and it's such truth to that of course so of course that's just how things go but there's something very specific about there being like a dead animal inside of the fruit that you eat it's different than just you know eating a potato where once you know the other beings kind of helped fertilize the earth that then grew a potato but this was a big debate over dinner one night by the way <laughs> But I would love to hear your thoughts. It's super, super fascinating. How did I start talking about this? Oh, yeah, food. So (laughs) you can get all of these amazing foods and vegetables in the markets. The markets are amazing and olives and amazing fresh baked bread, all these things. But if you go to a restaurant, which, of course, if you don't have a kitchen and you don't have a house, you don't have space to cook. We had a kitchen twice for two days each. So going and, you know, doing a big grocery store haul to cook for one night or two nights and then have to throw a lot of food away. It just felt like a big waste. So we, we just, we didn't really do that. Um, so we were relying on eating out a lot. And normally when we, you know, travel with a baby, we rely on either having a really early bird dinner so we can eat before the baby goes to bed. She sleeps at seven every night, seven, seven, 15. We've been pushing it a lot when we travel, but that's usually around the time that she, you know, wants to go to bed and gets cranky and tired. So an early bird dinner is perfect for us. And I get now why people or families with kids have dinner early. It just all makes sense. So we want to have dinner. If we have dinner at 6, totally fine. You know, we can eat. We can make it back to the hotel in time to put the baby to bed and she can sleep at 7.30. All good. The thing about France, like a couple of things, is uh, everything closes. And I mean, this is also the same for big parts of Spain and I think Italy as well. But like the siesta time of the day. So specifically here that we're there and where we were in France, um, restaurants would be, and also shops and kind of everything, everywhere we went, everything would be open until sort of 2 p.m., sometimes 1.30, sometimes 2 to 15, and then everything would completely shut down. And like, really like people are, you know, everybody who works in the restaurant or in the shop are like kind of hurrying to close so that they can go and have a long break in the afternoon which is a really nice way of living, I think. I mean, it would be, I, I, I mean, I I kind of think maybe we should all live like that. Like, it's a really, really nice way of doing things. But when you're new to a place and you're used to living in a place where everything is open all day long. So, you know, if we wanted to have lunch because we woke up really late, we want to have lunch at 2 or 2.30 or, you know, that everything was closed. So it's so many times that we arrived to a place. And of course, in the beginning, we didn't know. And then later, we kind of forgot a few times or the baby just woke up and she's cranky. We're like, oh my God, let's go get food somewhere. And then we get there with the stroller and the stuff. And then, you know, they wouldn't seat us because we came too late. And then there's this big gap of like three, four, five, usually, wait, two to seven. Oh yeah. So five hours where everything is closed. Absolutely. Everything is closed. Everything, everything, everything. <laughs> so finding a place to eat for like an early bird dinner proved really impossible. And we went to different cities around we really tried to see if there was any place where they would have an exception and some places were like oh well maybe we'll open at 6 30 tonight instead of seven and but it was really super hard so for that time that's usually when the baby will eat like an afternoon thing like a snack or whatever and then we'll have dinner it just wasn't possible for us to all have dinner together so then we were relying on, okay, we need to go, you know, put the baby down first. And then one of us would have to go and get takeout and kind of, you know, can we grab a pizza or could we grab uh, whatever food is available anywhere and just eat at home when the baby sleeps because we, we are with the baby. And these places, they don't do takeaway food at all. <laughs> None of them. The one place we found that did that was this pizza place, um, but they didn't want to make pizza without cheese. <laughs> It was like, it was like everywhere we went, it was kind of like we were playing like a game of Clue (laughs) and it was kind of, how can we find a vegan meal that works here, you know, in like with the baby and traveling and not having a kitchen and time and everything. It was such a challenge. It was totally crazy. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Nothing feels better than a solid chunk of free time in front of my computer to clear my inbox, schedule meetings and write a blog. And then to end those productive days, I love binging on a few episodes of Money Heist, my new favorite show on Netflix. But the only problem, that's an entire day I spend in front of a screen and it can get exhausting. I'm sure you know the feeling. Heavy eyes, blurred vision, frequent headaches. These are all symptoms of digital eye strain. But now you can do all those things that you love on screen while protecting your eyes with a pair of Felix Grey computer glasses. Felix Grey glasses are the stylish way to protect your eyes, whether you're at work or at play. They filter blue light and eliminate glare from screens, which are the two main culprits behind digital eye strain. The blue light filtering technology is embedded into the lens, so they're effective without the telltale yellow tint or color distortion of other glasses. Felix Gray's frames are handcrafted from the same material used by the biggest designer brands in the world premium Italian acetate. I went for the Turing horn colored frames, and Dennis was into the Jameson glasses and whiskey. Choose the style that suits you. Don't need glasses? Don't worry, there's no prescription necessary. Everyone can benefit from wearing a pair of Felix Grays, and to top it off all orders include free shipping and returns you have nothing to lose except blue light and glare get your own pair today go to FelixGreyGlasses.com slash yoga girl to try a pair of Felix Grey glasses right now that's FelixGreyGlasses.com slash yoga girl com slash yoga girl so all of these things combined so like the fact that there was a siesta time the fact that they don't it's just I don't know why if it's just I guess it's part of culture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say pretty. I'm pretty sure about that. But this, this thing of like, no, we don't allow food to go because you know you you come here and you sit down and you eat, right? This not like a we're a takeaway restaurant. A takeaway restaurant in France would be like a pizza parlor or you know like McDonald's would be takeaway, but not a, a nicer restaurant. And we are so used to like everywhere we go, you can just take the food home. So it was kind of another like a little bit of a shock. And that combined with the fact that these restaurants they did not want to modify a single thing on the menu. And I swear, and it wasn't about the fact that, you know, anyone who was kind of uh, like the waiter, like they weren't nice and kind because they really were. And there was a couple of restaurants where we went to literally all the time and we were there for two and a half weeks. So we had a lot of time to meet these people and get to know them. And there was this one place where we were, And they had one vegan lasagna on the menu. So, of course, that's where we ended up going a lot. I think I had that lasagna seven times or something. In the end, I mean, give me that lasagna one more time. I'm going to barf because I had it so much. And it wasn't like a great lasagna. It was just you know, it was fine. (laughs) It was food and the baby really liked it too. So that was also okay. And at this specific place, like we got to know the owner a little bit. We came enough that, you know, the waiter would like stop me in the street and give me kisses on each cheek and say, how are you? And he also had a baby that was one year old. And, you know, so we're kind of like, we know these people now. And at the end of it, the idea of modifying any dish was just absolutely out of the question. It's just, I'm, I'm going to say it's cultural again. It's just like, no, that's not what the menu is. And I was explaining in the beginning, you know, we come here a lot because you have this vegan lasagna. It's great. Would you Would you ever envision putting something else vegan on the menu? Or would you, you know, maybe could, could we talk to the chef and just see if there's any way that they could modify something or prepare something for me? And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not what the menu is. So for instance, they had a, one salad that wasn't full of meat and, and cheese. And uh, so it was a vegetarian salad. I mean, it was really basic. It was like lettuce or or, or greens with, uh, I think, tomato, cucumber, and then uh, aubergine. So eggplant, you know, very basic. It wasn't like a, you know, not a very filling. I'm not a salad person. I don't know. I, I have friends who are like, oh, I'll have a salad for dinner. And then that's their dinner. I cannot have salad for dinner. Like, <laughs> If I have salad for dinner, it needs to come as like a side to my pizza or my fries or something else. Like I need a big, you know, like warm meal to feel full. And even usually that, like if I have a big meal at six or seven, like I'm going to be hungry at nine or ten. Like who are we getting here? (laughs) But the salad, for instance, like I was resigning to, okay, I cannot have this lasagna one more time. I'm just, I'm going to die. I can't eat this lasagna again. I just can't. So I'm going to have the salad. I'll eat it with a lot of bread because we ended up eating like insane amounts of baguettes. Really great, of course, French bread with really great local olive oil and a little bit of local sea salt. You know, just those three things like good bread, olive oil and sea salt together. Oh, it's The best thing in the world so the first days I was like oh my god this is the dreams bread and olive oil but after two weeks of bread and olive oil you're kind of sick of bread and olive oil but that day I was like, okay I'm gonna have this salad I'll have it with my bread and my olive oil and uh, and I saw they had like a seafood salad on the menu and that seafood salad had avocado in it so I'm like okay that maybe I can just have some avocado on my salad because that's normally how I would do things so here is one of the really you know good tips if you're going vegan or you're interested in it and you're wondering how can I eat vegan when I eat out so what I'll do is instead of just seeking out vegan restaurants sometimes uh, I mean we don't often do that actually Dennis is doesn't mind eating vegan at all but I find most of the vegan places to eat are more like lunch places at least here in in Stockholm Um, and for me actually ambiance is a a really when we go out to eat like I'm big on ambiance and wine and I'd rather go to like a you know regular restaurant and then just modify something because usually it's very 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 easy no big deal and if it's a good restaurant they should definitely be able to create something uh, vegan or maybe there already is something vegan on the menu but if there isn't so what I'll do is I'll go to any restaurant open the menu I can do a quick scan, see if they have something vegetarian first. Normally, I mean, almost every place does. So if there's something vegetarian, can I just remove the cheese? Usually that's a good way to make a vegan meal. Or is there, you know, something that's maybe not even vegetarian, but I can, it's easily removable. Like if there's a side of something or meat or or whatever, can I just have that, you know, removed and then maybe I can add something extra. So I'll look at the ingredients, whatever is in each dish, whatever is in each plate and whatever sides there are. So I'll see. So for this, in this place, for instance, I saw, okay, so there's the seafood salad with avocado. So I know they have avocado in the kitchen. Yeah, there's avocado for sure. And then there was another uh, dish that had... Uh, sun-dried tomatoes I was like okay so there's sun-dried tomatoes and then there was another dish that had like um something else like it had almonds I'm like oh, okay so I could probably like I have this really basic lettuce kind of salad that's not going to fill me up but if I can have some avocado throw some sun-dried tomatoes on there and a little bit of almonds and then all of a sudden it's going to be more like a meal and I'll you know be full even that if I could just like have avocado with that like I would be pretty stoked so this guy that we know by now, who like has a baby that lives, you know, that's the same age as Looney. And I'm like, hey, I just want the vegetarian salad. And can I have some avocado on there, please? No. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, you're, you're out of avocado? Uh, no, but uh, that's not a dish. And I'm like, well, do you have avocado? Yes. <laughs> can, I, can I just have it on the side? No. <laughs> and I'm so confused. And of course, I'm also hungry. Yeah, let's not forget I'm hungry. I'm like, wait, like, you have avocado? Yes. I want avocado. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I have some avocado? No. <laughs> and I'm trying to understand, like, why. And it was maybe, you know, I, I I honestly I don't I don't know why. I don't know why. So maybe it's just like that's not what the menu is like, and they just don't want to modify anything, or maybe it's hard for him when he punches it in. To put in like a note that, you know, I don't know what the reluctance is, but they were like really nice about it, but just, no, you cannot have avocado on yourself. I'm like, okay, how about some sun-dried tomatoes? No. Could I have an almond? No. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And then I just sit there and I know there's no place else I can go, literally, because there's no other place that's open or there's no other place that has even a single vegan thing at all on the menu. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'll have the lasagna, please. <laughs> and i'm sitting there eating my lasagna for the umpteenth time or you know i did end up have that salad one time and and yeah it was a fine salad but it just did not fill me up very well so we kept having these struggles all throughout this trip and after a while you know like every time we went out to eat instead of it being like a joyful thing because food is life like so much of my life and my day revolves around food and great food. I mean, I love cooking. I love, I love grocery shopping. I'm like a grocery shopping person. I love doing groceries. I love farmer's markets. I love eating out. I love tiny restaurants. And normally, like being vegan is never, a, 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 like it's never a bump in the road for that. It's never a, a, a reason not to go out to eat. Like it's never been a challenge really ever. It's really easy. And I don't even even need, you know, vegetarian or vegan restaurants. It's usually just always easy. But after two weeks of this, every time it was time to go out to eat, it was like a <laughs> it's like this total Debbie Downer. Have you have you seen that? It's the, it's the SNL skit, the Debbie Downer one. Oh my god, it's Rachel is her name. God damn it. Okay. You'll 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 YouTube it and you'll you'll know it if you don't know it right away. But that was kind of the feeling like everyone that we would speak to would be like, "No, sorry, you cannot eat here." Or no, you can just, you know. So, what what did I do? Well, I drank a lot of wine clearly, which always makes me very happy. I ate a lot of bread. Um, but yeah, I was kind of hungry all the time or slightly unfulfilled, or feeling like a little bit bummed out that I was eating something that I really did not enjoy. And this was just, of course, not the greatest thing, right? So I shared this on Instagram, And yes, of course, there's a lot of people that are vegan out there that have had similar struggles depending on where they go, different places. There was a lot of stories about like rural places and, you know, because of course being a vegan can be a challenge, but I also didn't love posting that. I want to be truthful and kind of share whenever I come across a struggle of any kind, but I don't want to make it sound like being vegan is a hard thing because it actually normally is not. So now looking back, what I should have done, I mean, should have, would have, could have, I don't like the idea of should have. If we go back, what I will do instead of uh, go from place to place and stay in all these different different places all over, we could have just rented a house. If we would have rented a house for two weeks and just had that one same house with a kitchen, you know, we could have uh, we could have stocked the kitchen really well, stocked the fridge. We could have gone to the farmers market every single week and pick up like anything specific and special. There was even a, a bigger town, like 45 minutes or an hour away, where they had a big supermarket. We could have probably gone there and get some specialty items just once. You know, we could have really prepared so we could have cooked. And then cooking, if, cooking as a vegan, I mean, it's the easiest thing. Like just, you know, you can prepare so much. It's so, 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 so easy. But being, you know, relying on eating out, not having a kitchen while being in a rural place like this part of south of France was a super challenge. And then there were some people that were asking, like, oh, if it was such a challenge, like, why didn't you just, like, why are you being so specific and so uh, difficult? Like, why wouldn't you just have the cheese? And yeah, guys, like, I it got so far that I thought about it. And I don't know. I mean, I, let me see, how how many, let me see, let me think. (laughs) I was vegan for, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't know, maybe four years. Huh? Does that sound about right? Three years maybe from 19 to 23 something like that 22 yeah I was vegan for for a couple years and it was so easy for me then like I, I don't remember anywhere really having a struggle and if I had a struggle it didn't feel like a struggle because for me that anchor in uh, in, in veganism which for me then was a lot about I had more environmental reasons and specifically health reasons uh, than ethical reasons or you know the loving kindness and the ethical treatment of animals which for me right now is actually the biggest thing um, right now I'm very anchored in this I don't want to cause any suffering of any kind I, like if I can avoid it I don't want to take part of of suffering of any kind any form And it's forcing me to really evaluate and really be more mindful about a lot of things that I do. So not just... How do I treat other people or people around me? Or can I be a kind person? And can I do something nice for someone else? But, you know, the clothes that I'm wearing, where are they produced? Like, what goes into this garment that's on my physical body? Like, you know, for me as a human being, what kind of vibration sits in these things that I purchase, that I buy, that I wear, that I surround myself with? And even more important, you know, the the food that I put into my body. What's behind that? Is there suffering involved? And when it comes to animal products, there's no such thing as an animal product that doesn't come along with exploitation and suffering. Frank that's just what it is and specifically and you know I love cheese (laughs) I love cheese I love cheese I love cheese so much (laughs) I love cheese so much and I was just in like cheese capital of the world France and I didn't even want to have cheese so that's kind of how deeply anchored I am in this in this knowing that yeah it doesn't sit well with me in this moment in my life to consume dairy because if I eat dairy it means that there is a baby out there that didn't get its mother's milk right dairy would not there would not be dairy for humans to consume if all babies had what they're supposed to have so the reason dairy exists is because that there's a nursing mama cow or a mama sheep or a mama goat out there you know wanting to nurse its baby but the baby can't nurse because we want to nurse indirectly by eating the cheese or the milk or the whatever you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl Right now, Dennis, Luna, and I are in Europe for a few months. And whenever I'm away for long stretches of time, I rely on certain comforts from home to make me feel cozy wherever I go. And that includes my daily cup of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. If you haven't tried this coffee yet, you are missing out. By mixing their coffee with mushrooms, Four Sigmatic has created a healthy and delicious super drink to give your brain a boost and power you through a productive day. Not only that, this mushroom coffee contains powerful antioxidants and immune-boosting properties to keep you happy and healthy for days to come. Four Sigmatic creates their blends with only the highest quality of mushrooms and other superfoods, ensuring they are free of pesticides, mycotoxins and other harmful chemicals. Being less acidic than normal coffee, there's no need to worry about stomach burns or other common side effects like the jitters. Best of all, it tastes great. Four Sigmatic offers everything from mushroom coffees, elixirs, hot cacaos and matchas. The Chaga Elixir is like a morning vitamin that helps support whole body health. You may notice it first with your hair, your nails and your skin. And it's so easy to make. Just tear open the bag, mix with hot water or your favorite nut milk and enjoy. A double dose of this is perfect for me when traveling, and there's no caffeine in the chaga elixir, so I can take both AM and PM. Discover the everyday magic of mushrooms for yourself with this awesome deal for From the Heart listeners only. Right now, when you head to foursigmatic.com slash yogagirl, you'll get 15% off of your entire order. That's 15% off of any order placed on Four Sigmatic's website, but you have to use my special URL, Forsigmatic.com slash yogagirl. That's spelled F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com slash yoga girl. So, you know, when I had James ask me on the podcast, this was October last year. Uh, if you haven't listened and you're kind of interested in this topic, if it's firing you up and you don't agree, if you feel drawn to it, whatever, if it triggers you, good or bad, go listen to that, ep- to that episode um it's about veganism it's it's you you can find it wherever you just film this episode that you're listening to right now it's with James Aspie it's amazing and he didn't even have to you know in that episode with him I'd been wanting to go back to being vegan for a long time but I needed that final kind of why right that final push because yeah cheese is awesome cheese is so awesome it's so good it's tastiest thing ever and I love like a good cheese board with of course some wine like honestly cheese bread olive oil and wine like could have been my staples I mean I don't think I'll be able to eat a lot of bread and olive oil for a a while to come. But one of the things that James, you know, touched on in that podcast, which was kind of hitting the final nail in the coffin of me, like, you know, going back to being vegan and really staying there. And I was breastfeeding at the time I was nursing the baby, you know, for every carton of milk, for every carton of dairy milk or cow's milk that you consume, there is a mother out there that lost her baby. There's a baby taken away from her mom so that you can drink that mother's milk And, you know, like I was crying as we were recording this, it just, it struck a nerve in me that's just like really, you know, and I say this uh, with as much love as I possibly can, I am not here to judge anybody for how they eat. I'm married to a man who eats, you know, the traditional standard everything diet who who strangely enough kind of has this vegan outlook on life. Like he can school anybody on veganism or talk about the ethical treatment of animals and loving kindness and, and, and health. And like, like he really listens to everything. Like really he picks up everything, but it's not strong enough that he's ready to change the way he eats just yet. I think that he's maybe on the cusp of a little bit of a change but I mean, like we our last dinner in France, yeah, guess what I had for dinner? I had lasagna. <laughs> our last dinner in France, uh, he had a steak, like a full-on, you know, piece of steak with like rims of fat running through it and fries and like half a bottle of wine. And, you know, I had my lasagna that I shared with the baby and, you know, the, and, and the side salad, like there's a side salad to my lasagna. I'm cool with that salad as part of my dinner, as long as it's not my whole dinner. Um, you know, and I, it's not like I sit there with him every meal, like food shaming him or diet shaming him or telling him he's a horrible person. He shouldn't be eating that. Like, you know, he orders a steak. I say nothing. Like, this is the first that I'm commenting on it, like at all. It's just now speaking to this podcast that he won't hear because he doesn't listen to my podcast (laughs) episode. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, uh, everyone, you, you, you eat what you want to eat. Uh, if I can plant a seed in anyone to feel a little bit interested in moving towards uh, a more loving approach in terms of, of loving kindness, in terms of contributing less suffering to the world. And what we eat has such a great impact because we eat so much and every day. So making even just a little bit of a change will make a huge impact in the long run. So if you feel triggered uh, in a good way or a bad way, whatever way, uh, go listen to that podcast because it's a really, it's a really loving approach to it. There is no shame, no hate involved, Um, you know, and you can eat whatever you want. Like, I I will still love you. I am the only vegan amongst my friends, like just FYI, Uh, Olivia's little sister is a vegan. That's it. So, you know, it's, it would be really hard for me to maintain a functioning social life and friends and family if I was judgmental and mean to people who aren't vegan or if I was not accepting to non-vegans, which of course isn't the, tr- isn't the case. And come on, like I have been full on vegan now again since October. So that's what, eight months, nine months, like it's not even that long. Um, so I think it's important to, someone said the other day, the reason more people aren't vegan are vegans, <laughs> Because there can be this kind of judgmental um, tone that goes on in these conversations. And especially if these conversations are had over dinner, like that's a really challenging thing. So it's just more acceptance put into anything is, is really, truly awesome. If you're interested in hearing more about this stuff, there's a couple of movies I would super recommend. Uh, if you haven't watched Forks Over Knives, that's really good, uh, specifically in terms of, of health, if you're really into it for, for health reasons. Uh, anyone out there who's you know questioning the baby being vegan and is it healthy for her, that's also a really good movie uh, for that. You know, If, if you want to give your babies or your kids a little bit more of a vegan diet or more vegetables or whatever, uh, Forks Over Knives is great. Uh There is a movie, I would rather not recommend it because it's so intense and harsh and horrible. If you want to know what goes down in the dairy industry and in the uh, factory farming industry and and the consumption of animals overall, you can watch Earthlings uh, is a pretty good one. And there is a new movie out actually that I found out about through James. It's called Dominion. Uh, and it's new, I think, from end of last year. I ha- I've only seen the trailer and I cried in the trailer already. So if anyone's seen it, let me know if, if it was any good, if you liked it. Um, it's probably coming to to Netflix really soon. I think you can download it otherwise. But yeah, there's a lot of information to get out there. But anyway, this is kind of how, how it was. So for me, you know, this idea of just, okay, oh, just eat some goddamn cheese if you're so hungry? I really wanted to. And when I say I wanted to, it's like, I know it's tasty. I know I like to eat cheese. Um, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I just, I just, I just, I just couldn't. I really, I really couldn't. Um, So that's, that's, that's just who I am. (laughs) That's where I'm at right now. And next time we travel a place that's going to be, you know, that quiet or that rural, I will definitely plan better and, and do better. So not saying that you shouldn't go visit south of France. If you're vegan, go just prepare, do a little, do more research than I did and get a place for the kitchen so you can cook because then all your troubles are are fixed everything will be done (sighs) okay so now that I am back in the land of vegan food (laughs) and Stockholm isn't really like a you know there's vegan friendly cities where you just know like you go a place and you can get so much vegan vegetarian food like go to Los Angeles oh my god there's so much Portland Boulder I mean there's there's amazing amazing places where it's just really abundant. Stockholm is not one of those places, but it's a big enough city that I you know, I can find food everywhere and it's really easy. Um, also anywhere that just has any sort of Asian food (laughs) I mean you're gonna be gold wherever you go because that stuff is so easy and I can cook again so now that I'm back in the land of of kind of (laughs) in the land of easy what was the first thing I did Uh, last night we landed after of course uh, you know another challenging day of travel with this little baby who's also sick um, I hope she'll be better tomorrow, but it's her fourth fourth day of being sick, so it was hard to kind of take her all through layovers and and things. And oh, I was so happy when I could get home and and put her to bed. But the first thing I did as soon as she fell asleep is I took Ringo for a walk. I went over to my favorite Indian place uh, in all of Stockholm. It's called East India, and they have just the best the best food. And I ordered uh, an aloo palak, which is like. Um, it's a spinach, cashew, potato ugh, dish. It's just so good with papadum, the you know, the crispy bread. It's so delicious. Um, and then today, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to have any bread for a really long time. Today, I had a big plate of like falafel and a green hummus. It was like a pea shoot hummus with a big salad. And it was super delicious. I'm sitting here right now drinking a green juice. i'm just so into like oh just get getting <laughs> filling my body up with nourishing whole foods again after after this stay in France I'm really really grateful to be here actually and everything I've had so far, like the food that I have had since I landed, it tastes so good. I'm so like ecstatic about absolutely everything I had an uh, an oat milk <laughs> an oat milk coffee this morning. Oh, give me goosebumps. It gives, just give me goosebumps just thinking about my oat milk latte, how amazing it is. If you haven't had oat milk in your coffee, holy shit. That- That's just, it's so amazing. But yeah. So the question is, aside from being back in land of abundance of food, uh, what am I doing to ground back and to not feel like this uprooted tree anymore? Because for me, this is really the most important thing. And I think it's a challenge that I'll probably have for a little while. I don't know if it's here to stay, if it's part of being a mom, if maybe I should just, you know, travel a little bit less. But I know as long as I'm here and as long as I am on the road and as long as I am traveling... I want to get my feet back on the ground. So a couple of things that I'm really committed to now that I have an entire month in one place, I need to move my body. Anyone who's feeling uprooted, not grounded, and part of traveling and really going from place to place a lot is that we tend to lose that routine of getting up, waking up in the morning and moving every single day. And my yoga practice has definitely been a little bit deprioritized lately. And And really short. I've given myself not enough time on the mat. So I've done a couple of poses maybe right before bed and that's been it. But for me right now, I mean, I'm going to go running again, which is really exciting uh, for Dennis. Exciting for Dennis and the baby that I'm going running with them again. I'm going to join them this afternoon for a little bit of a run. But getting your blood pumping any way you can is just such a good way to come back into your body and also to shake off any stress or any, you know, that feeling of uprootedness. I feel like I need to shake it out of my body, maybe sweat it out a little bit. So I'm going to go for a run. And then now that I'm back in the city, there's great yoga I can take here too. So I'm going to practice with some of my favorite teachers right away. I have a class planned for the morning that I'm really, really excited about. So getting back into the body and then letting myself arrive and just be here now. I've made an effort now because normally when I get to Sweden, I have so much to do here. We have our big part of our team here uh, within Yoga Girl sits here in Stockholm. So uh, I tend to kind of dive into work and we have so much to do. We're in this very exciting time now Work wise, I'm not doing that <laughs> right now, but I'm giving myself a couple of days just to really settle and unpack in a big way. And not just unpack in, as in unpack a suitcase, but unpack as in kind of unpack myself, <laughs> my heart and soul, and let myself arrive. Because I think it's going to take a couple of days before I truly settle into this, you know, being here and now. Because I'm also, I'm a really, you know, I love the idea of if you have true inner peace, yes, you feel peaceful and at peace wherever you are. Uh, That's just not the case for me. I mean, I'll definitely go through cycles where I feel more at peace than other times and where I can kind of, it's easy wherever I go, but I'm a really big fan of go where peace is easy, (laughs) it sounds like a riddle go where peace is easy so if you find yourself in situations uh or with certain types of people or you know in different different you know times in your life where it is really hard to find peace go back to where peace is easy change something in your life so you can easier access that sense of inner peace and i know right now for me that hopping around packing unpacking packing again that's not it that's not it and of course, we had some really great reasons as to why we've been traveling like this. And I had a bachelorette party and a beautiful wedding and a union of love and, you know, such great, great, great reasons to move around like this. But right now, I'm going to be here and just, you know, make peace easy for myself and just be in one place. So that's definitely a, a, a really big part of it. And, so, you know, I, I remember having like a, not an argument, but a discussion with someone, someone about this. So, you know, if if you should be so zen, shouldn't you be able to just find peace wherever and however, whether you're on the road or on the go, la, la, la. Um, Yes, in a perfect world, that's the case. Uh, I don't live in a perfect world. Do you? (laughs) Since we don't live in a perfect world, why not make it a little bit easier for ourselves? So if you know there is something that you have the ability to change maybe as, you know, hopping around less, traveling less, maybe, you know, moving away from certain types of relationships that strain you, that bring you a lot of stress, maybe moving toward relationships that are more peaceful, maybe giving yourself more alone time. That's a big thing. Uh, Not for me. (laughs) I am not one of those people that just craves being alone. I have so, I know so many people that just actually refuel that way. Uh, Dennis is one of those people, like he needs just quiet time on his own and that's sort of how he rebuilds his energy in in a sense Uh, for me when i'm like just alone completely alone by myself for too long i get a little bored quickly but you know we all work through these things differently so whatever works for you however peace comes your way move toward it instead of away from it And I think my big learning now is, and of course, not just the food part. The food part is an important thing as well. So nourishing myself with foods (laughs) to help raise the vibration of my entire being. And maybe, you know, bread four times a day, every day, isn't it? (laughs) Um, But not just that, but actually, you know, steering toward wherever peace is easy. Wherever peace is easy. Oh, I love just saying that sentence go where peace is easy. You should print that on a shirt, you guys. Go where peace is easy. So yeah, moving my body, choosing to opt for being grounded, unpacking, being in one place, moving my body, being here now, and also accepting and kind of noticing that change of pace. And that's where I was at. And now here I am. And now here we all are. So we move we evolve we learn we do the very best with what we have and i'm 100 sure that next week i'll have something totally different to talk about (laughs) yet again because isn't it beautiful how life works (laughs) loving you so much thank you for listening holding you wishing you a blessed day and i'll see you next week thank you so much for listening to this week's episode If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Ritual, Felix Grey, and Four Sigmatic. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.